the New York Minute welcomes Joey from California, Josh from New Jersey. We're going to talk Jamal Adams, Daniel Jones, 60-game baseball season, COVID-19, and so much more. This is the New York Minute. What's up, guys? Welcome to episode eight of the New York Minute. We got a full house here today. Adam in the house, as usual. How you doing? We got Joey out in Cali. What's going on, guys? And Josh from Edgewater. Hey, what's going on, fellas? And for those of us not watching on simulcast, Josh is wearing a Christoph Porzingis jersey right now. You know, sometimes you miss your ex-girlfriend. It happens to the best of us. <laughs> totally, totally understand what that feels like. Yeah, so um, let's just kick it off with the current climate, what's going on, sports, COVID. Um, what do you guys think? What's yeah, we got, you know, we got a lot to talk about with, uh, with New York sports, but uh, there is an elephant in the room, and it's the, uh, you know, the COVID situation. Um, and the first question I would ask is, should we even be thinking about sports and restarting? Is it a good idea to restart? Uh, Josh, what do you think? We'll start with Josh. You know, I, I, me being a big NBA fan, in the beginning I was thinking, you know, they shouldn't play. It's not safe. The only reason that anyone wants to play is uh, the owners want to collect TV revenue and the players want to collect the remainder of their contract. But, you know, as we're going through the, the pandemic and day after day, I even found myself, you know, we need some kind of joy and happiness um, uh, going on. So I, I'm going to go the other way with it. And I think, you know, if they can – have the safety protocols in place and safely do it, you know, there's always going to be some risk. Um, I think they should play. Joey, I know you're out in Cali. What's like, what's the climate out there? You know, it's not as crazy out here um, as it is on the East coast. Now, like when you guys were getting it really bad, we didn't have it as bad here, but everyone was still taking the same precautions. You know, the beaches were closed. The parks were closed, even though the weather was great. But now it seems like it's might have flip-flop a little bit where California is actually hitting their record highs. And they're actually, in a lot of counties, including L.A., they're closing bars now again. And it's kind of, I wouldn't even say the second wave because it's still part of the first wave, but it's heading in a downward spiral right now. I'm just trying to go to the track to bet on a horse. Like, that should be allowed. It's outside. Yeah, right? Outdoors. It's crazy. Even there's no spectators there, but the Del Mar is still open over here to do it. But you you know, I you know, guys. I do. I want to see sports. Yes, but if you look at it from the sense of they shut sports down because stuff was crazy, right? Now it's if you look at the numbers, they're saying it's even worse than that was. So how do you sustain? any sport, whether it be the NBA, how do you sustain the season? I, I would love to do it. The thought of the NFL not happening crushes me, but I just don't see especially the NBA, how are you going to keep it going when the numbers are getting worse and all these athletes from all these sports are becoming positive, you know? You know, the, I, I, from what I understand, the NBA has like a 152-page outline of like safety protocols and stuff like that. So, I'm not saying it's foolproof, but I do think that with the climate in the country and the way people have kind of been cooped up for a couple months. And now with the unrest and all the racial tension and everything going on, I think, I think, I think as Josh said, a good distraction, I think it would be really helpful and maybe even like 
could kind of unite people just to be able to have something to watch and cheer for together. Um, so that's why I think making the attempt is there. And if you have to shut it down, we're in the same spot anyway. You know what I'm saying? So that's why I think they should all give it a whirl. I think it's kind of like like liquor stores being essential. Like you had to give people that chance, like that, to escape. Yeah, maybe it's not technically yeah, essential. It's not essential, right? But like, like you might be able to live without it. And you're, you're putting, you're sacrificing a lot of people, putting them in bad situations. But I think they have the like the right idea to get it going and bring it back. Okay. Yeah. Let's uh let's talk some football. Yeah, let's jump into the NFL. Uh, let's let's start with the Jets uh, and the uh, Jamal Adams situation. So Jamal Adams, he wants seventeen million bucks, um, and he actually asked the Jets for the trade because they said they wouldn't pay him. Um, there's rumors that he had a disagreement with Adam Gase. So the two questions here are: Should the Jets trade Adams or should they pay him? Josh, what are your thoughts on Jamal Adams? First, I guess I'll start with what's going on with the LSU guys. It seems a lot of them are just yeah. straight up divas. Wow. <laughs> but, uh, and I, you know, I sound like a bitter Giants fan, but you know, we had <laughs> we had Odell Beckham. He made a lot of noise and yeah. kind of forced his way out. Um, you have Jarvis Landry. Uh, yeah, you know, he was diva too. He was diva down in yeah. Miami. You have Leonard Fournette caused a lot of problems down right. in Jacksonville. But you know, um, I I just I find that the Jets are kind of handling this wrong someone like that you got to bring in bring him in and try to you know make him happy do what it takes i don't know if paying him 17 million a year is the answer but you know that's why you have agents and you know the general manager has to sit in a room and and work it out they were able to sign Jabrell Rivas. they got to figure it out with jamal adams he's, he's too good yeah and joey the, the joey the jet fan what, what are your thoughts on this so I'm I'm the minority Jet fan here, man. I'm lifelong diehard Jet fan, and it's just it's kind of ridiculous because the Jets haven't had an impact player like Jamal Adams since John Abraham, and that's the truth, you know. Like, and to be honest, the Jets, as much as the Jets are the butt of the jokes of everyone, before these this past decade, from 2001 to 2010, the Jets made the playoffs six times. The Jets won a playoff game four out of those years. So this last decade, as much as the butt fumble and it's all jokes, you know, the Jets have had winning seasons, the back-to-back AFC championships. And you just, you get somebody who's good. You know, the Jets haven't had a pro bowler on defense since Leonard Williams in 2016. Now, Jamal Adams, first-team all pro, making back-to-back. He's a 25th page safety right now in the NFL. So obviously you have to pay him. Now, if you want $17 million a year, that's about $2.5 million, $3 million above the next safety, which is, I think, uh, Eddie Jackson in Chicago. What do you guys think? Is there a big difference between them? I mean, both are very good. It might be a little bit, but you have so much cap space. You're paying C.J. Mosley a crazy amount. I think you got to pay the guy, man. Jet fans get so attached to these number one picks, and look at all these busts over the years on defense, you know. Vernon Golston, uh, Sheldon Richardson and Muhammad Wilkerson weren't bust, but they didn't last long. You know, you just see all these guys go, they come and go. You need sustainability, especially with Sam Darnold, you know, because if you trade Jamal Adams, you might as well trade Darnold, even though he's one of the youngest quarterbacks in the league, because what do you have? You have Le'Veon Bell and you have a mixture of veterans and it's just a very weird – you might as well do what Mikey's team Miami did, you know? Blow it up. Blow just it up. <laughs> revealed with picks. 
And I'll just end with this because I know speaking of Mikey and the Dolphins, I was never a fan of Adam Gase coming. I when they signed him, I wanted McCarthy. I didn't love McCarthy, but I was never a fan. And then before the season started, I'm like, you know what? Like he came from Denver. He was this like prodigy with Peyton Manning. Maybe it just didn't work in Miami. But like you never got the feel of him as your coach. You know, like Herm Edwards, Rex Ryan, like Jet fans love those guys. Like you felt like that's your coach. There's just no connection between Gase and the fans right now. Yeah, so as a Dolphins fan, you know, you mentioned that, Adam mentioned that there was disagreement with Gase. And just coming out of Miami, the whole thing was he couldn't, couldn't control the locker room. So that might have had something to do with it. I read something recently that his father um, played for the Giants back in the mid-'80s. I don't know if it was his rookie year or his second year. He had a career. He was a running back, actually. Yeah, Yeah, I think it was a career-ending injury or just a really bad injury, and his career was just cut short, never got paid. So I think that might have something to do with him trying to get paid early in his career because, God forbid, something happens and he can't take the field. His livelihood is taken away. By the way, I'm still playing on Mark Sanchez Island. Um, I think he got a raw deal. (laughs) Won a bunch of playoff games. (laughs) That was great times, back-to-back AFC championships. But what do you, Mike and Adam, what do you guys think about uh, trade them or sign them? What can you get for them? That's a question. So I, if you if you just go by the narrative of every NFL fan, so you can't pay Adams because he plays in the secondary, and the rule changes over the years have made it impossible to to cover receivers. But you can't pay receivers because receivers are interchangeable. You can't pay the running back because the running back has a a really short shelf life and they're relying on the offensive line. You have to pay the quarterback. you got to pay the quarterback because the most important guy in the roster, that's fine. But if you pay the quarterback, he makes so much money that you can't pay the rest of the roster. And they have to hope guys are good enough to carry a bunch of guys on their rookie contract to a Super Bowl. Linebackers are irrelevant because of the spread offense. Linemen, they're interchangeable and you need depth, so you can't pay them. So who can you pay? Um, if Adams is one of the best defense players in the league, he's on a rookie-scale contract, has he been kind of an asshole about it? Yeah. Should he probably just shut up and just kind of complain in private? Probably, but you kind of have to pay him, don't you? He definitely dis- As a Jet fan, I, uh, I was go on, he sorry. Dis- he definitely dislikes Adam Gase that much and probably dis- disagrees <laughs> with the way the Jets are, are running things. He provides a lot of, and you can definitely speak to this, Joe, more. He definitely provides more intangibles. He seems like a, a locker room leader and somebody that the players rally around. Like a vocal guy. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. He's working hard. I mean, I, I follow him on Instagram. He's always posted, not even just because he wants to look good in case he gets traded to the other teams. He's always posting videos of him working out. Like Odell, he's a, he's a hard worker, you know. I can't get I can't get rid of him. Like you guys said, what could you get? I know he says he wants to go to Dallas. Would I accept CD Lamb and a first round pick just because the Cowboys have receivers? They probably could do that. They're win now. I don't know how they would even pay Adams because you got to keep in mind, it's not like he's gonna be a free agent after this year. He's gonna be a free agent in two more years. So I don't think I would do it, man. I just don't. The Jets haven't had a successful receiving duo since Brandon Marshall and Eric Decker, you know, like not many receivers like succeed with the Jets. So, I mean, CD Lamb in a first, I honestly, I still don't think I'd do it. You know, he rushes the passer. He does everything. Jamal Adams. I think, um, I think, I don't know if you can 
I think you got to hold out for like a player and a pick like that. Um, I, I don't know if you can get that though. You know, because sometimes when there's, you know, I feel like when players get traded, they just, they never fetch what you think they're going to get. I mean, my first thought was, was Gallup in a one. Um, so to get CD Lamb in a one would be, I think if you're the Jets, I mean, I love Adams and I don't think they should trade him, but if he doesn't want to be there, if you can get CD Lamb at first, that's like getting two first for him. So I think that's something you got to at least consider. Let me ask you something with respect to the season coming up and most likely having no fans, that's going to directly affect the salary cap. Am I right or no? Yeah, I would think so. So salaries are going to go down. Theoretically, yeah. So maybe this would be the time to get them when just the whole league might be getting paid a little less over the next couple of years. And maybe that 17, you're just like, hey, listen, everyone's down 15, 20% on their top line salary. This might be, I don't know. Kind of makes sense in my head. <laughs> or the other way with it, where it just completely cripples your salary cap. <laughs> yeah. And you have, you have Jamal Adams, but nobody yeah, else. Like a bunch of scrubs on and then you yeah. still have to pay Sam Darnold eventually. Jamal Adams um, makes the promo for the 27th so. ranked defense in the NFL. <laughs> it's, I mean, you're paying Le'Veon Bell, you're, play, you're paying Mosley, you're paying aging veterans, and then you're not going to pay basically yeah. your best player yeah, you got, up and all pro you know yeah definitely so end of the day what happens with jamal adams go ahead adam what i'll say think? they i'll say they work it out i'll say they work it out and he gets some kind of extension josh i think they move them and they get 60 cents on the dollar i'm gonna agree with josh and say they get a bag of potato chips joey it could be my Homer fandom talking, but I think maybe it's quiet uh, for about halfway into the season. You might hear it a little bit again, and then they keep him throughout the season. Maybe his final year they work something out, but I think he's going to play this whole season with the Jets. Wow. All right. J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. Things weren't much better for the Giants <laughs> this year. Um but uh, the silver lining with Daniel Jones, he looked pretty good this year. He yeah. had his ups, he had his downs, he fumbled a lot. Um, allegedly, he gained eight pounds of muscle. Um, is this a good thing? Is this a bad thing? Is this real? Is this fake? Josh, lead us off. <laughs> <laughs> Every offseason, somebody is the workout warrior. Somebody gains 15 pounds of muscle. Just great muscle. Or loses 15 pounds that looks like a, you know, a, a supermodel. I don't know. Listen, if he's accurate and he can throw the ball, if he's not losing the ball via fumble, I'm happy. I got, I got a question. Is there a picture out there where he's looking jacked no, or anything? I no. seen, you mean uh, just like the E. Jillian yeah. picture? So this is just hearsay that he's, uh, you know, yeah. all right. I prefer it that way. <laughs> I'm good with that. Joey. You know, uh, let me just first off say, as a Jet fan talking about Daniel Jones, I will admit when I'm wrong, I tore my Giant fans, friends, fans out of the park. I hated the pick. As the reach for Daniel Jones, I just tore him apart. And I will admit when I'm wrong, he looked a hundred times better. I know the turnovers aside than I thought, and I think you guys have your franchise quarterback for the next 10 years. So I think you guys could stick it to everyone who ripped that pick. I don't think it was a reach looking back at it. Now, when it comes to adding some muscle – I mean, that's not that much, you know, eight pounds. I think that can only make it better and make him stronger. I don't see a problem with it. My thing is he's really fast. 
right? So do you want to put size on a guy that fast? Like, is it like one of his best attributes, like his speed? speed? So if you put on all eight pounds, is he going to be as fast? Because he did a lot with his legs last year. Um, but I'll say, uh, as long as he fixes the fumbles and can secure the ball, I agree. I think he's a franchise guy. Uh, he showed serious flashes last year. They rebuild the line. Healthy Barkley, I think he'll make a, a major leap. The, the thing that impressed me the most with him last year was his ability to sit in the pocket, throw the ball, and take a brutal hit. He did take and a get lot up. of shots and, and, and get up. And, yeah. and, you know, he was able to sit there. Knew, he knew he was going to get blasted and still get the ball off. Uh, yeah. It takes incredible toughness to, to do that. It really but, does. So, Mike, going forward, Daniel Jones or Sam Darnold and why? I think – you still need a little more of the eye test. So incomplete. Incomplete, but I would – Donald's line was whack. Daniel Jones' line was whack. They both really – was it two years or one year in the league? If I go into the head, who am I going to take? Uh, I'm probably going to take Daniel Jones just because his numbers are pretty good last year without the turnovers. They're pretty solid. Um, yeah, and, and – Darnold's had a couple of years. He had a couple really, really, really bad games, which it's alarming to me. But um, yeah, I would go. I would go with DJ. Joey, what do you think out in Cali? What's what, what's the what's the news in Cali on on the New York quarterbacks? Do that. Yeah, I'm fine. Did you leave Joey? Insulted. Okay. We love Joey. I think so. Okay. He probably passed out in anger. Except <laughs> <laughs> what? All right, so swing it around. What do you think? Um, listen, Daniel Jones, 12 starts, 24 touchdowns, 12 picks, 3,000 yards, 62% completion percentage, 53.6 QBR. Darnold, 13 starts, 19 touchdowns, 13 picks, 3,000 yards, 62% completion, almost the same stats. Uh, Jones, 53.6 QBR. Darnold, 43.6 QBR. Uh, Jones is a rookie. Donald's a second-year guy. You think Donald will be ahead? I know you had the mono thing. I'm still going with Daniel Jones. Slight bias, uh, but Jones was better last year, and he's younger. Um, and you have an extra year of rookie contract eligibility. So, just that alone, I think. If you, if you if you're flipped, if it's a coin flip between the two guys, take the guy with an extra year of availability on the contract. So, I'm going with Jones. Slight bias. How about Josh? I'm going DJ. Heavy bias. <laughs> um, <laughs> Listen, we, we had our uh, we had our chance to take Sam Darnold, and we passed for a running back. Um, you know, let's hope that it's the greatest running back of all time. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But I I was really impressed with uh, with Daniel Jones this year, but you know he did fumble a lot, but I, I, that's fixable, right? You know, I, I hope in time that he's he's just like an Eli Manning clone, and I I'm personally I love Eli Manning. Slight um, bias. So again, slight bias. Hey, <laughs> I, I like his demeanor. I like, you know, what I've seen so far. So, you know, huge, huge bias, but I'm going DJ. Okay, so Leonard Williams. While we're on the subject of franchise guys, the Giants franchise Leonard Williams. Uh, he's going to make it $17 million a year. Um, he's never been a big sack guy. So given his contract and given the Giants defense, what's the over-under on his sack total? Uh, Josh, what do you think? I'm going to go over. Um... 
It's at what six and a six and a. Let's call it. Let's call it six. Let's call it six. Over under six sacks. Six sacks. I'm gonna go over. Listen, I was very very excited about him when he was coming into the league when he was drafted. I thought Jets got a steal, and for whatever reason, you know, it didn't work out. He didn't live up to the hype. Um, change of scenery might be good. Change of coaching staff and management. I follow him on Instagram. He's been eating a lot of fish. That's good. It's looking good. That's working good. out. Yeah. Was, yeah. Yeah. So I. I'm excited. Listen, I think Gettleman was the one that said he was buzzing around the quarterback a lot, and he yeah, was he's cl- like yeah. close to getting a sack, but not getting them. We'll clean that up. Hopefully, hopefully he'll do some do some good work here for the Giants. He you gonna say double season. digits? I don't know if I'll go that far. Okay. No, I'll... I you took the words out of my mouth. Just straight up change your scenery. You know, I didn't. Maybe he wasn't happy over there. You know, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go over. But under double digits. Okay. Yeah. So he got paid as a franchise guy. They don't have an elite pass rusher. So I think I think I think opposing offenses are going to kind of key on him because he's like the key guy on the line. So I think he's going to be more valuable than his stats say. So I'm going to say he goes under six and gets five. But he's an immensely important player for their defense this year. Um, so so I'll go with that for uh, for Leonard Williams. Okay. The fact that they gave it to him, they gave him the franchise, and it shows that I think sometimes players need a little motivation, a little inspiration to kind of, hey, listen, we don't think you stink. We value you. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see what you can do. I love it. I love it. I'm, hoping, right. I'm, hoping, for a, I'm hoping for a I'm hoping for a good year for the Giants for the first time in a while. Um, so, yeah, uh, speaking of good years, the Yankees have had a lot of them, and the Mets – They've been a little bit better, too. They probably should have made the playoffs last year in baseball. They're going to 60-game season. Does it mean anything, or are we wasting our time? Does a championship this year mean anything? So this this time, I think we'll start with Mike. Mike, what are your thoughts on this? I'm cool with the 60-game season. Um, yes, it means something. The guys are still trotting out there. I think it makes you play at your peak the entire season. Because if your team goes on a short losing streak... Call it even seven games. You're gonna bury. You're gonna bury yourself, and it's hard to fight back out of that. Um, I think it. I think the cream's still gonna rise to the top. Um, You might get a couple mediocre to bottom tier teams that get hot. Maybe they rip off ten games in a row based on the schedule um, and sneak into the playoffs. But eventually, I think the top tier teams are gonna win. Um, and I'm cool with the short season. I don't like the long season. I don't. I, I can't. Watching six games a week is rough. Yeah. It's gonna be more like um, attention grabbing if there's one every couple nights now um, instead of. Yeah, like the games will be more appointed. Exactly. Yeah, right. and each game's that much more important than that early, early summer one o'clock game that I'm really not waking up for. Right. Okay. Um, yeah. What do you guys think? Josh. The baseball stands are going to kill me, but I agree with Mike. Uh, why are they playing 162 games? <laughs> yeah, is it, right? Is it necessary just Most in a regular time, lifestyle? The, game, yeah. the games are on in the background while everyone is barbecuing in the summer or doing whatever summer activity that they're they're into and doing. So I'm, I'm all for the 60-game season. I think it definitely should count. Does it stick? Um, <laughs> maybe, they add, maybe they add 20 games to it, but... It, Shortened se- they get it out of shortened season. It should stick. Um, I think the championship does mean something, though. Yeah. yeah. 
If you're a diehard fan of a baseball team watching 162 games, six games a week, is that a, are you a fan of a team or is that like a job? It's full time. You should be getting paid. That's a, that's an occupation. You should be getting paid, right? Um, so there's not a lot going on. There's a lot going on right now. We could debate the merits of how important baseball is in like the grand scheme, like we were talking about earlier. But I think players want to get paid. America needs a distraction, and I mean. Probably nobody's going to look at this as a champion. The, the Nationals went 19-31 and 31 after 50 games last year. They won the World Series. But it's kind of symbolic that the original national pastime is trying to get like a sense of normalcy. And like America is kind of also trying to do that. And it's a difficult situation. And I kind of commend everyone for kind of trying to make it happen. That being said, I don't know how you count the champion. Yeah, you're going you know? full asterisk? Uh, yeah. Really? Uh, I'm going to put, I, I, as much as, as fun as this is, and maybe they should do this, and maybe they should cut down the games, I, you know, 60 games but versus 160. I'm going to argue that. So the last two seasons, you had teams that are cheating, and those, oh, don't, yeah. and yeah. those, and those don't get asterisk. Yeah. But Great say points. if this is a 60-game season, it's pure baseball, yeah. you're going to put an asterisk on this one? No, that's, that's a good I point. I, I guess you got to, maybe you got to. You're not taking any days game. off now, you know what I mean? You're Every not game getting counts. That schedule it's rest the same day. thing, it's just condensed. <laughs> Okay, I think you swayed me. I think I'm going the other way. I'm, count, I'm counting this. Cool, we got yeah. it. <laughs> so, I got a couple over-unders for you. Yankees at 38 and the Mets at 32. For the Yankees to hit the over, they would have to go, according to my uh, calculations, 39 and 21. The Mets would have to go 33 and 27. So, let's start with the Yanks. Uh, over-under, 38. You taking the over or you taking the under? Josh. Over. Over. Okay. Mike? I'm going over. Just uh, biased. It's over. I'm going to go. And the staff. I'm going to go under you, only because we don't know if Stanton's playing. Uh, I don't know what the judge situation is. They said he might be ready. And listen, 60 games, 38's a high number. You have a rough patch. Might, you know what's a tough. good play also here? Why the under might be a good play? What's going to happen if a guy gets oh, COVID? Gets COVID. Yeah. And he's got to sit out two weeks yeah. minimum. Boy, what if like yeah. your your ace the safe yeah, thing? The, the under is like the way to go for the for the teams yeah. that are have high over. High, yeah, overs. you get a couple guys that 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 get it and might cripple you for two weeks. Okay, so two to one, we're going Yankees over. How about Mets thirty two? Josh, over, over. I like the over too. I like it. I'm going over too. They yeah. got the DH now. Oh, they got, they got the DH, the DH in the <laughs> NL. Okay. Cespedes is coming back, so he's probably a DH. Cespedes, Alonzo, Conforto. You got to go 33 and 27? Go drop over 300. Go way over. Two, uh, 500? Yeah. Go way over. I like that. Yeah, I got to go a little over 500. Who was so. who was the highest win total, do you know? I didn't see it. The Yankees and Dodgers at 38. 38. Okay. Were the two highest ones. What was so. the lowest? Do you remember? I didn't know. Yeah, I didn't probably like the Marlins or something. Probably looking down there. I heard the... I heard yesterday the Marlins might put fans in the stadium. Yeah, the, you know, I don't know about now after all the Florida stuff, yeah, yeah. but as of last week, the plan I think for the Marlins was to have a limited, uh, a limited capacity stadium. Huh. Um, which I mean, if you've ever seen a Marlins game on TV, I mean, they didn't really have to change much. <laughs> you know, not a lot of people go to those games. So. Very um, true. Very true. So baseball is getting started. Also, hoops is getting started. So I think we should start with the Nets. There's a lot going on with the Nets and the Knicks, but uh, let's start with the Nets. So. Uh, yesterday we found out Spencer Dinwiddie, COVID, might not play. DeAndre Jordan, COVID, definitely not playing. Wilson Wilson Chandler opted out, doesn't want to get the COVID. So, can the Nets make the playoffs? Should they make the playoffs? Um, any any thoughts on that? What was that? 
for Washington to like leapfrog them. Okay, so they got to go. The Nets like, are six games up with eight to go. Yeah, I mean, so Washington's got to go six and two without Davis Bertans in order to pass them, and that's with the Nets going zero and eight. I think by default they're going to win a game or two, so they're by default going to make the playoffs. Will they make right. any? Will they make any noise in the playoffs? No. Well, most likely now you're looking at eight seed. So yeah, I don't think. No, nah, it's they're going to be one and done for sure. Lavert Lavert alone will carry them. To one or two wins in that. I think he's gonna. I think yeah. he's gonna have a big. Uh, I think he's gonna have a big showing. So in 327 minutes without Dinwiddie and Kyrie on the floor, Levert per 36, 31 points, five rebounds, six assists, um, and they're plus 0.6 net rating actually. So food for thought. Um, yeah, but I think it, I think it's gonna be hard for them to make any noise. Um, I originally wrote should the net should should the net be like a dark horse before all this happened, and now I'm like no. <laughs> what would you go the other way with it? Would you want them? Would you punt this to get a better draft pick? Yeah. So wow. I think there's some. I think there's some merit to that. Like if you just let go of the rope and just send, maybe don't even send Levert. Maybe send some guys, and you're definitely going only. Maybe Washington catches lightning in a bottle, and now you're in the lottery. Because now with flat the flattened odds, all of a sudden you don't you're know. Right. You could yeah. be a top four pick, Brooklyn. Yeah, yeah. All of a sudden you got that fourth pick, and that's a trade piece. How does that look to the league if they trot out a bunch of AAU guys um, and tank when they got to get – doesn't look great. Yeah, that, you know, the whole culture, quote-unquote, thing with the Nets, that's kind of already out the window. So now you're just really, like, pushing it but out the window. I also see these eight games as this is a, almost like a training camp for the, the playoffs. Yes. I mean, certain teams, yes. especially on the West Coast, yeah. they might be battling – but on the East, it's, it's pretty much set. Um, we, we're we excited to get sports back, so we're excited for the eight games. But when the playoff hits, I think that's what we'll that's really be. That's when it gets serious. Yeah. So just just for the record, uh, the Nets' eight games. Orlando, Washington, Milwaukee, Boston, Sacramento, Clippers, Magic, and Blazers. So I think you're going to find a couple by accident yeah. in, in those games. The Kings, for example. And what's going to stop, and what's gonna stop another one of these teams from trying to tank also? Yeah, so. and you don't know like at the end of the season if the Blazers might not have anything to play for. I don't know, so we'll see. But I think they'll get in. I think they'll be the eighth seed, and I think they'll just be cannon fodder. Um, so they signed Tyler Johnson. Um, does that mean anything? Uh, who's? Uh, what do we expect from Tyler Johnson, and whose minutes does he take? First off, the contract things that we talked about earlier was was pretty shocking. Yeah. So t- Tyler Johnson in 2016, they gave him 50 million. Uh, he puked. Actually, they gave him the offer sheet. He signed the offer sheet, and he threw up because he was so surprised. He did not expect that much money. Uh, so he signed the offer sheet. Um, Miami matched, and now the Nets got him for two hundred twelve thousand dollars, as opposed to fifty million. So he's going to play this out for two hundred twelve grand. Um, just, I, I think the lesson learned there between between Crab and Johnson is maybe you don't have to match on these on these fat contracts, like yeah. these restricted free agents. Maybe you could just let the guy go. Um, Absolutely. You don't have to be married to these guys. Um, but, yeah, so what do you expect out of Tyler Johnson? Um, I think just I think we were talking about this the other day. You mentioned it. It might be a little showcase to keep if, you, if you're going to keep Dinwiddie. Okay. If he, if, okay. He's, if he plays well, then maybe you got a nice little trade asset to get that yeah. third wheel moving into next season. Okay. So Josh he's definitely going to get burned, yeah. Uh, he, he's going to get his shots up. Yeah. He's also he's showcasing for the rest of the league that he belongs here. He wasn't just kind of a a bus signing in a in a year where the salary cap was cap so high. Yeah. Um, so I think he's gonna get shots up, and 
Listen, if he does well, now you can you can move on from Dinwiddie. Yeah. Um, do I think do I think he's gonna do well? Your schedule's tough. Yeah, schedule's it is a little tough. bit tough, right? Um, you know. That being said, he's got Levert by his side. Hopefully, they can pull off a win or two, and he can, you know, get some buckets. Yeah, I'm expecting not a heck of a lot, uh, but he's definitely gonna get big. Like before, before, before again, before, when I made this outline. Um, my thought was Tyler Johnson would be getting maybe some of Garrett Temple's minutes, maybe some of uh, uh, TLC's minutes, but now it looks like he's going to be the starting point guard. So, yeah, I'm expecting big minutes. Um, he was really bad last year. Um, How big? You got numbers? Or? I don't have his numbers, but he shot below 30% from three. Um, he was hurt a lot. He shot below 40% from the field. What were, do you, what were his numbers that got him the big contract? Uh, he was like a... I think career, he's like a 37% three-point shooter, like 45% from the field, um, and he's like a you know maybe, maybe like a 12 and four guy. Like he's a, he, yeah. they signed him really to be like the the combo guard six man. Um, can he be that? Uh, I don't know. Maybe maybe new system, new setting. But I'm not expecting much. But I know he's definitely going to have an opportunity. He got the 50 mil, so yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah he got the 50 million. House money. Yeah, why not? Right? Yeah. So once he not invited to Orlando, much to the dismay of Josh, uh, the Knicks, um, they hired Worldwide West. Um, does this make him a player in free agency? So let's start with Josh. What does this hire mean for them? He's the most connected basketball bag man, you know, I, you know, yeah. I've ever seen or heard of, and yet nobody knows much about him. Everyone just speaks highly of, highly of him, and that they love him. If anything, it just brings credibility and legitimacy to the New York Knicks, who have been a joke for the last 20 years. Um, I, I thought that they were going to sign him um, along with Leon Rose a couple months ago, and then when they said he wasn't coming, I thought, well, maybe it's better because he wouldn't get hit with any tampering uh, right, right. Okay. <laughs> accusations yeah. or, or anything like that. But no, listen, I think it's good. The more people that you bring in that can help attract great players to want to come here um, because nobody has come here in the last 20 some odd years yeah. you know on their own Amari Stoudemire but he couldn't get his knees insured from Phoenix so that's that's why he was here so um, yeah I'm looking forward to it let's see what he can do Mike? is this kind of just like get people's eyes off Dolan and free agents eyes off Dolan and kind of make them okay with Dolan being there because I don't know. I, you know what? I think, like, with the NBA, is it kind of like a telephone kind of league? Where if, like, you know this guy and you know this guy, and sometimes, you know, everyone goes to the Olympics and all of a sudden everyone's on the same team. So I think having a guy who's connected is really important. Jay Williams said he thinks the Knicks will be really good really soon. He knows World Wide West. Um, you know, he's in a Drake song, isn't he? Um, so, <laughs> I, I, you know, I think you know, uh, he's kind of a big deal. And um, he's been, you know, best friends with Leon Rose for something like 40 years, something crazy. That's crazy. That. I didn't know that. that 40 know. years okay. he's known Leon Rose. And Leon Rose, you know, he's represented some of the top flight guys in the yeah. NBA. So yeah. now, you know, you're going to start to hear the rumors that the Knicks are in play for, for Joel Embiid yeah, or guy. Devin Booker yeah. or whoever else, you know. so Yeah. So I, I think they'll land a big fish eventually because of this. I mean, that's a win. It's a, it's yeah. a great hire then. Great hire. Um, so there was also chatter that they were thinking about bringing in Jason Kidd in order to, and part of the reason was that was to lure Giannis. So, Josh, you put any stock into that or? Real quick, bring, bring in Kidd for what position? 
head coach. Head coach. Head coach. Head coach. He goes for what? Oh. I I did not love. I I loved Jason Kidd as the head coach hire for the Brooklyn Nets because you know he is he is a net. Nostalgia. Yep. Uh, nostalgia. Nostalgia. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I now know that he kind of probably saw that Billy King was nuts and while he wanted full control. So it was a total power move that, you know, sent him to Milwaukee. That being said, I didn't love the things he was doing as a coach in Milwaukee Bucks. The way he was using Giannis, um, I think the development went down. Things went stale. Things went stale over there for whatever reason. But, you know, he's very young. Uh, he needs to be in the coaching game a little bit more. Uh, I don't believe in any of this that it's going to lead to Giannis coming to the Knicks. Okay. Players like Giannis want to win and win now. They want titles. Um, but as a head coach, I think I'd be okay with Jason Kidd, actually, as the hire. He'd be your guy, right? Yeah. I loved him as a player. He's one of my – you know, and for me to say that, him being on the, on the New Jersey Nets. Right, right. You know, it's big. I always – you know, anything, anytime he's on TV or they do a special um, on NBA TV, uh, you know, I'm locked in. So, I just think there's a lot of options out there. And it, it, what are you getting out of Kid that you're not going to get out of these other guys? Like, Tibbs has his style, and like Kenny Atkinson's a player development guy. Like, what is Jason Kidd as a head? What is his. So, when thing? I think of like Kid's like resume, I, as a, I, obviously, he's my all-time favorite player, great player. When I think of his coaching resume, I think so. He accidentally backs into that small ball team that that first year in Brooklyn. They they have moderate success. They lose in the second round in Miami. Then he goes to Milwaukee. Um, he falls into Giannis and and tries to make him a point guard. And then that doesn't work. He gets fired. Budenholzer gets there, and they immediately become like a powerhouse, right? So. I, I don't know. I, I'm just. I'm just. I, I have a lot of questions about Jason Kidd's ability as a coach versus his ability, what he was as a player. Um, he is young, and sometimes guys don't get it right right away. But I wouldn't hire him with the idea that you're going to bring Giannis. Like, oh yeah, we're just yeah. going to grab Kidd because he's going to come with Giannis. Obviously, if that was a fact, you do it, right? It's like our teeth. I just, I'm just, I'm just not going that route. I don't think that they should do that. I think there's better options. He's good in this assistant coach role, yes. learning under Vogel, learning under different guys. He he needs a little more marinating. As yeah, a, as definitely. A, as, maybe a little, as a coach. maybe a little sprinkle, a little more seasoning, seasoning on him. Yeah. Um, and yeah, maybe maybe uh, maybe it works out for him. But yeah, I think the Knicks have better options. Um, and also with the Knicks, uh, we have Kevin Knox, um, Shams reporting. For what Nick Kevin Knox, for whatever reason, has failed to gain traction with the Knicks, and his future could very well be up in the air going into next year. New York Post, uh, Mark Berman, New York Post has reported the Knicks have not sold on Knox. So, Josh, you watched a lot of Kevin Knox the last couple of years. Uh, should they keep him? Should they trade him? Uh, does he have potential? What's his ceiling? He's still raw. He's still very, very young. I think he's 20 years old. Um, but. He showed no flashes last year of, of ability. You know, watching him on defense was an abomination. <laughs> it really, it really was. And it could be, it could be that he started out with Fizdale, who might have been the worst coach in Knicks history. And I, and I love Fizdale. I wanted Fizdale. It just, you know, he right. did an awful job. 
Um, there was no, we don't have the player development. We don't have the right people in there to kind of bring the best out of these guys. Um, he might be demoralized and, and broken as a, as a player. Uh, but, you know, I'd be willing to give him another shot. Let's see. Because his value is so low right now. What are you going to get? From, you can't get anything for him. So let's let's roll the balls out. Let's see. That's I agree. So he's only 20. Um, if you, you use the eighth pick in the draft on him, and you can't get a first-round pick probably right now back you from can't. him. You can't. So why would you trade him? Uh, you invested the first-round pick already. Um, you know, no, other than like Porzingis, I feel like the Knicks have really not done a good job of developing talent. So I think they need to make that a focal point of what they try to do. And they need to try to work with this guy. He's got, you know what, you can say what you want about Knox. He does have a nice-looking jumper, doesn't he? And he's like 6'8", right? 6'9". Six, 6'9". So six, 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 a big 20-year-old wing with a nice form in his jumper. I mean... So here's a crazy idea, and I hope someone kind of thinks of this. How do you throw him out there at power forward? Yeah, why? Yeah, why can't he be a stretch four? Now, now maybe he doesn't have to shoot forty percent. Maybe, maybe if he shoots thirty six percent, you're out. This guy's a weapon, power forward, bringing bringing the big guys away from the basket. Gotta get creative. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, there's gotta be there's gotta be a way to use him that they haven't explored yet. So. If we're not in New York, are yeah. we having this conversation? <laughs> like, is there are there people around the country that like, what are the Knicks gonna do with Kevin Knox? Uh, well, maybe maybe uh, Kentucky guys, um, maybe Kentucky guys. So uh, yeah, I mean. Maybe John Calipari. I, I, like, like Josh said, just watching some of the games, it, it was like, oh, you know, you see Kevin Knox last night? Did you ever, you ever even, did you ever tweet that? <laughs> like, did you ever? His FanDuel price was stuck between four yeah. million, three, 3.8 I saw it a couple times. <laughs> low value. For? Can I get Kevin Knox in here? What you below for? That's like, I'm going to take a flyer on this guy. You know what I mean? Like, and he's always disappointed. He's always disappointed. Well, I think maybe... Uh, What's this, his third year? Going into his third. going into year three. Going it's kinda, year it's, three. I guess this will be make this or break. I would not move on him yet, what is what I'm saying. Unless you're going to package him and get something like really good back. Like, what are you, like, you going to trade him for a second round pick? That like, doesn't make any sense. It makes no sense. Just, you know, let's keep him. You, you, like, you don't want to trade get, this guy for let's nothing. Let's get a couple Kevin Ox jerseys. You don't want to trade this guy for nothing and then like he's standing in the corner of Minnesota shooting threes <laughs> and you're like, oh man, Kevin Ox looks well, like he's pretty good now. He's 20. You know, so I just, I just wouldn't do it yet. You might just need someone like Thibodeau to yell at him. Yeah. Tell, tell yeah. him to put down the Fortnite and play yeah. some defense. Yeah, he needs to get, he needs, maybe he needs to get his ass kicked a little bit. Yeah. You know, yeah. by the coach. So. That's all we got for today on the New York Minute. Um, any uh, comments on anything? Any uh, any debates uh, you guys have with us? Any Anything about us? Just let us know. Um, we'll be back soon with another pod. We're definitely planning on doing one as a preview for the NBA season. But until then, um, Josh was here. Big shout out. Thanks for coming out, Josh. Thanks for Josh. Uh, Joey Levine. Joey got cut off in the middle. Little of the, tech uh, issues. Yeah, but he, he did pretty good. And uh, that's me and Mike signing off. See you later. Bye, guys.